Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. All right. Nice job. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you, Lord, that you have a word for us today. A challenging word for us today. Father, I just pray that every heart will be soft to hear what I have to say this morning. What was placed on my heart from you. And Father, I pray that each person here will be changed before they leave, if not already changed. We thank you for it in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, guys. So Sunday mornings sometimes are a challenge in the Ackerman house. And you think, well, it's because there are eight kids in the Ackerman house. And yes, that does add some complexity to, the, <clears throat> to getting to church, for sure. But church, there we have an enemy. And that enemy many times tries to stop the word of God from coming. And I woke up this morning so sick in my stomach. I was in so much pain. I was nauseated. I was struggling. I was like depressed. I was all this stuff. And I'll tell you what, when those things happen, look out. Because God has a message in store for us this morning that's going to change some people's lives. And I know it for a fact because this is somewhat funny, but the enemy was trying to do everything possible to stop me from giving this message. You say, don't preach this, Jason. Don't do this. This is not the message you need to give today. This is, you know, this is only going to reach a couple people. It's not, blah, blah, blah. He was whispering all these lies. And I walked into the entryway of our house. And my sweet Noel decided today to bring a little muffin to church. Cupcake. It's about this big. It's plastic. It's very hard. And it's very slippery. Well, I walked into the entryway church, and I'll tell you what, I went down. I stepped on this muffin, and I'll tell you what, I went down in a heap. Now, I'm a pretty athletic person in general. Like, I, like I, can, I got some pretty quick reflexes. I can catch myself. I'm telling you, I hit this muffin. I don't know what it was. My foot went out from underneath me. I twisted sideways like this. My phone went flying up in the air. And I went down on the ground. And within seconds, the, almost the entire household was like hovering over me like, oh my gosh, are you okay? What's that? And I loved it. I was like, oh, the intention. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> This is, I'm going to lay here for a little bit. I'm going to complain about my back a little bit. But there's no injuries. Thank you, Lord. But I'm just telling you this, and it's not every time God has a great message that I have to go through these challenges, but oftentimes there's a parallel. And I, want to, I just want to preface the message with this because I want your hearts to be open to what God has to say this morning. Please, 
be open to what God has in store this morning. We're talking still about identity. We're going to be moving out of that here in a little bit, but we're walking through the book of Ephesians. And I want to read the foundational verse again real quick this morning. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And Paul goes on to talk about being being a child of light. And what does that mean and what does that look like? And last week we talked about redeeming the time. Seeking his will as we, as we look to redeem every hour that God has given us. We talked about the tickets and thinking about redeeming those for each and every hour. We talked about how to walk with the Holy Spirit. How to minister to the people who are right in front of us. How many times are we always thinking about the next thing, the next person, the next job, the next task we have. And we're missing the person right in front of us that God has given us. And then we also have to give thanks. And so this morning I want you to turn your Bibles to Ephesians 5, verse 21. Ephesians 5, verse 21. And I'm going to walk through the next couple scriptures. And for those who are like planning ahead, like, oh, Pastor Jason's walking through the book of Ephesians, I wonder if he'll get to the verse about submission. I wonder if he'll get to the things about, hey, how many men, I don't know, I'm not saying you would do this, but wives submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Like, I was just like, if, hey, you know, the Bible's there for a reason, and he called me to walk through the book of Ephesians, and guess what? I can't just skip it because it's difficult to talk about. I can't just say, well, you know, I, we're doing a series about Ephesians, but we're going to leave out a major portion of Ephesians because I'm just not comfortable talking about it. Men? This message is actually for you this morning. They're going to be, okay, that's okay. There'll be a couple amens here from the women at certain points of time. There'll be times when you don't say amen because you'll be like, ooh, I better not say anything at this point in time. I'd encourage you wives not to do the poke of, yeah, yeah, listen, are you listening this morning? Okay, I encourage you not to, or men the other way around, okay? But I do really want to unpack this portion of scripture this morning and what it means to be a child of light, what it means to walk in a family, what it means to walk in a relationship. And if you're not married, please do not tune this out today. There is much that you can get from it, whether you're a young person that may be married in the future, whether you're somebody who has already lost your loved one and you're widowed, maybe it's something you have, you can be mentoring somebody in the future. There are so many things, no matter your age or your walk in life or where you're at, God has something in store for you in this message. So don't tune me out because, oh, he's going to talk about marriage this morning, okay? Don't tune me out there, all right? All right, so the first verse here, verse 21, Ephesians 5, 21. And I love how Paul does this because he, before he even says anything about wives submitting to your own husbands, he says this, submitting to one another in the fear of God. You know, Paul was such a great teacher. He knew the challenges we would have, both men and women, with the rest of this passage of Scripture. But what he says first is here, submit to one another in the fear of God. To one another in the fear of God. He's saying right now, one person is not better than the other. One person should not be more exalted than the other. One person in the relationship is not better or has more skills or is anything else. It says, submit ye to one another. In relationships in life, to one another. 
There is a mutual submission here that he's talking about first before he gets into godly order, which is what he's talking about next. And so you need to hear this portion first before we go on to the next person. Submit. What does that really mean? It means to put yourself into the care of someone else. You are willingly submitting. You are putting yourself in the care of someone else. And in a relationship, both male and female, friend and friend, we do this when we submit one to another. We put ourselves in the care of the other person. And submission comes with a very big word. It's called trust. It's called trust. And so many times, people aren't submitted to each other because they don't trust each other. And trust is something that is developed over time. It is developed over time. And God calls us, we can trust our lovingly Heavenly Father all the time. He is always trustworthy. But people fail. People make mistakes. And we have challenges. And sometimes we lose trust. But what God is saying here is, when He is in the relationship... When he is in the relationship, he can bind back together all things together for good. All things together for good. And so submitting to one another is built on a foundation of trust. And what Paul says is, he says, submit in the fear of God. What does that mean? In the reverence of God, in trusting him. We are submitting ourselves one to another because we trust him. Fully trusting that other person never ends up working because we can only fully trust the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Why can we fully trust him? Because he is trustworthy. Because he never goes back on his promises. Because he loves you and he cares for you. Submitting one to another. This is not one person in the relationship lording over another. It's not commanding that someone does certain things that are not in their best interest. That is not loving, that is not caring, that is not trustworthy. That is not God. So then he goes to verse 22. Then he says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Jesus has got to be in your relationships. We have to invite Jesus into our relationships Being under submission or being submitted to one another without Jesus is not possible. It's not possible because our flesh says, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a part of that. I'm not submitting myself to anybody else. I'm my own man. I saw somebody walking around the other day. Oh, God bless him. I prayed for him immediately. He had a a jacket on. He was in Wegmans. He had a jacket on and it said said, self-made man. This huge writing on the front of his jacket. Self-made man. I said, oh, Jesus. None of us are self-made men. None of us are self-made women. None of us can live in healthy relationships without Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So Paul says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And then he says, okay, let me tell you why, and let me tell you some understanding, some reasons why this is. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. So now Paul begins to start paralleling a relationship between a man and a woman with a relationship between Jesus Christ and his church. Oh, 
my goodness. Do you think he cares about the marriage relationship? He absolutely does. Holy cow. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so that wives be to their own husbands in everything. What is he talking about here? Nobody panic. So Paul is paralleling marriage in this relationship with church and with Christ. He's talking about the amazing mystery of joy and freedom and love and respect between the church and Jesus. And he's paralleling that, says this is available in a marriage relationship. This is available when one submits to another. Each of you submitting to one another. But it comes with some things that you need to understand and it's something called godly order. It comes with something called God. You see, in the kingdom of God, there is godly order. There is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Is any one of them more important than the other? I don't think so. It's the Godhead, three in one. They are all connected. They are all God. None is more important than the other. The Father thought it, the Son spoke it, and the Holy Spirit did it. You get that? It's the Father's heart, His thought, the Son's words, the Word of God, the spoken Word, and then the Holy Spirit is the one doing the power. But yet there's still a godly order where Jesus says, I don't do anything I haven't seen my Father do. I don't say anything I haven't seen my Father say. So God has already placed a godly order in the Godhead, and what He's doing is He's putting a godly order in families. Men, the rest of this message is going to be for you. Because I can tell you what's, I can tell you this right now. Submission comes with trust. And as men, we need to be trustworthy. We need to seek the Lord in our relationships. We need to be the ones who love the way Jesus loved the church. And we're going to walk through that here this morning. Godly orders in our family. Men, we have all failed in many ways. I have failed at being passive in my family. I have failed because I've made a partnership with fear. I have failed because I've looked to worldly examples of what this should look like. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning, men, we need to stop being passive. We need to stop being passive. We need to start saying, this is the family God has given me. This is the spouse that God has given me. This is the relationships that God has given me. And I'm going to stand on the word of God. And I'm going to stand in the right godly order and be the head of my household. And let me tell you something, church. This does not mean go home and be Mr. Macho Man and start yelling at everybody in your family. Being the leader of your family means serving your family means going before them and sacrificing for your family. means going before them and saying, you know what, I want to go do this, but what's the best thing to do for my family is this, so this is what we're going to go do. You know, the world gives us all these ideas of what, you know, a man needs to be, and he needs to be macho, and he needs to, you know, beat his chest, and he needs to yell, and he needs to scream. That has nothing to do with being a man. Not in this context, Does that work on the football field? Yeah, absolutely. Does it work in a wrestling match? Absolutely. Does it work if you're in the gladiator movie? Absolutely. But as far as I know, none of us are experiencing the gladiator movie when we go home this afternoon. If you are, man, God bless you. Good luck with that. 
We have to choose to lead, men. And I'll tell you what, if you don't lead, somebody else will. And too often, as I found out in my own family, when I don't lead, Liz ends up leading. And what happens is, and it's funny because you already preached the message this morning, as, you, as she gave up and gave the, the word about marriages and about stopping chaos in our homes. Chaos comes from ungodly order in our homes. Chaos comes from ungodly order in our homes. We have to choose to lead. What does being a strong man mean? Loving when it's hard. Sacrificing when you don't want to. Being peaceful when you want to explode. What's a real man? A real man's not punching the hole in the wall. It's a real man is wanting to punch a hole in the wall and not doing it. That's tough. It's easy to put a hole in the wall. Just don't hit the stud. <laughs> then you're at the hospital with a you know, broken wrist or fingers. Not that I've ever done that. Because I always know where the studs are normally. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> Being a strong man means loving when it's hard. Sacrificing when you don't want to. Being peaceful when you want to explode. We have to get over the fear of failure. Guys, you will mess up. We're going to mess up. We're going to mess up. Women, I ask if you give us the grace and space to mess up periodically. So godly order in the home. I have some examples that have been in our own life. And somewhat, some, of, some of them are a little silly example. I'll probably just use one. But it goes to show you the importance of the man in the home. We've had a water cup issue for how many years have we had a water cup issue? Years and years and years. And what a water cup issue is, is we have a little Culligan bottle and a little water dispenser in our house. And the kids would come and they would get this cup, that cup. They'd get a hundred different cups throughout the day and fill up their water and then leave the cups all throughout the house. And Liz is like, over and over, we've got to stop them from doing it. They're just wasting water. We have got to get like certain cups and certain things in place so that they have this process. And she is trying to do this over and over and over for years. For years, she, brought, she bought bands that would go around the water cups. She would do all these different things. And she would just constantly try to get the kids to stop wasting water and use one cup for the day. Because times eight, how many cups do you think can add up? Like a lot. A whole dishwasher. The whole dishwasher is all cups. You're like, oh my gosh. And so one day, I woke up. Lord, forgive me for taking so long to address issues in my own home. One day I woke up and I was like done with the water cup problem. It's like, that's it. This is going to stop. This is going to end. And we are going to change the water cup and the water wasting process. And I marched into the cabinet and I pulled out the cups and I said, this cup is yours, this cup is yours, this cup is yours, and this cup is yours. Don't you ever let me ever see you get water from another cup again. And that was it. Church, I'm here to tell you we haven't had a water cup problem since. 
And I know it's a funny story, but how many things, men, are going on in your home that you are not engaged in, that you are disengaged in, and your spouse, your wife, is trying over and over and over to fix a problem that God has called you to fix? This is, yes, this is a partnership. This is together because the Lord clearly says, together you are one. And you submit one to another. So it's not like because I decided now I'm better somehow. No, no, no. This is a godly order within the home. And this is what he has called us men to be and to do. We have to be engaged in our family. We have to be engaged in our family. It is so important for us to do. We talked about redeeming the time. Men, redeem the time and get engaged in your family. If you're not married, get engaged with your family. There are things that you can do, things that you can participate in in your family and help lead and help do. That verse says, talks about wives submitting to their husbands. And I love that Paul prefaces that with submit first to one another. Women, I know many of you have been hurt. Many of you have been hurt in the past, or even in the present. Some of you very, very badly. And I'm sorry for that. I am truly sorry for that. On behalf of all men that have done that, I'm sorry for that. And I'm here to say, men, as leaders, we have a huge, huge responsibility that lies in front of us. It's going to get quiet in here for a little bit, and that's okay. Men, as we begin to lead, please lead with grace. Lead with compassion. And lead with love. Women, give us the grace and space to grow in that. And men, do not be upset when you walk home this afternoon and say, well, this is what's going to happen now, and everything doesn't just absolutely fall in order right away. This is a process. Don't be frustrated because you tried to do something and it didn't work right away. The enemy is going to try to come against godly order. So you say, well, how, what am I supposed to do? This is great, Pastor Jason, but what? How do I do this? Thank you, Paul, for continuing the scriptures. Verse 25. And the rest of this time, I'm going to talk about how this is possible in our homes and in our families. It goes right to this. Husband, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Oh my goodness. The key to the whole thing. The whole key to this thing rests not in the submission of the wife to the husband, but in the love of the husband to sacrifice for his wife that makes a way for the submission. I need to say that again. This whole thing rests not in the submission of the wife to the husband, but in the love of the husband 
and the sacrifice that he makes for his wife that makes way for the submission. This is why, this is why Paul wrote it this way. He doesn't even talk about the wives anymore. The next couple of scriptures is all to the men, all to the leaders. says, you know what? This is godly order. You want, you want your family to be submitted to your leadership? Then you have to go do these things. These are the things you have to go do. So let's look at what he exactly said. Let's look at what he said. Sacrifice for her. Sacrifice for her. He gave himself for her. We must give ourselves for our family, just as Christ gave himself for the church. He spoke life over her. It says he washed with words of love and hope. And he encouraged her. He built her up, presented her with joy and with love. No spot, no wrinkle. All the women are like, yes, please. No spots and wrinkles. That we would be holy. She would be holy and without blemish. And I find it interesting is I believe this is why Paul is talking to the men here. Because it is our primary responsibility as leaders of the home, which means it is our primary responsibility to do these things in our lives, in our families. This whole parallel that Paul is using here is a parallel to Christ and the church. You understand, church, that Christ gave it all for the church. He gave absolutely everything to the church. He gave up his throne. He gave up his freedom. He gave up his comfort. He ultimately gave up his life. We can do none of this without inviting Jesus into our relationships. Just like when the first miracle that Jesus did, turning water into wine, they inv- Jesus was invited to the wedding. He was invited in. In every relationship that you have, invite Jesus into it. Submitting one to another. Why is Paul talking to men? Because I believe in the same philosophy like in the business world. When an employee fails, I truly believe it is as much if not more of the fault of the person leading. Think about that. How many times in business that employees fail? It's because they didn't have the right expectations. They didn't have the right resources. They didn't have the right training. They didn't have the right anything they needed to go do to do the job well. And you know what? They wanted to do the job well. They hoped to do the job well. They came every day hoping that they would do the job well, but as the leader never gave them the things they needed to do to succeed. Men, the same thing goes here in this marriage relationship. If you want it to go well with your wife, you need to give her the things that she needs to be able to do it, which is exactly what Jesus did for the church. Submission is only possible by trust. Worship team, if you want to come back up here. He goes on to say in verse 28, So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies, He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Nourishes it and cherishes it. Men, could we nourish and cherish the women in our lives? Now, there was an example we used a long time ago 
that many times, I know, don't take this the wrong way, women, but many times Liz and I talk about women being like a precious vase, 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 (laughs) however you'd like to say it. And if you thought of your spouse that way, if you thought of your relationships that way, and you held it that way as a precious vase, would you throw it down and shatter it? Would you treat it poorly and put it at places in which it could get broken? Overwhelmed? Frustrated? You wouldn't. You would take care of it. You would protect it. You would make sure it was sitting at a place where it couldn't get knocked over. And men, this is our job. This is our responsibility that we have as leaders in our home. Verse 30, then it says, For we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. For this reason... A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So Paul takes this whole teaching, says, submit one to another. Wives, submit to your husbands. But oh yeah, by the way, husbands, here's some things you need to go do in this relationship. And then he reminds us that he's created us to come together and to be one One purpose, one accord, one mission, one family moving forward. Then in verse 32, he says, this is a great mystery. He shows us that he's speaking concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. And then finally he gives the wife one more instruction. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. There was a whole book called Love and Respect. Women are responders to love. Men are responders to respect. But without Jesus, none of this is possible. So I want to pray for us this morning. Because I feel as we already had a word from this earlier that he wants to restore marriages. He wants to stop chaos in families. He wants to restore godly order in our homes. And my prayer this morning was that if you're not in a marriage relationship, that you understand the parallels to other relationships that you have in your life. Or lock this away for some time in the future in which God has prepared for you. So let us pray this morning. Just bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you that you are the God of miracles. Without you, 
we can do nothing. So, Father, this morning we invite you into our relationships. We invite Jesus into our relationships. We invite the Holy Spirit into our relationships. Everyone that we have, every person sitting here, every person online. Father, we invite you into these relationships. And Lord, we ask you to do what only you can do. which is bring restoration, reconciliation, and unity in our relationships. And Lord, I pray for every marriage in here today. Father, I lift up every man to you. Every mistakes that we made Father, we ask for your forgiveness for those. And Lord, I ask this morning that you will give us the strength and the courage to lead as you've called us to lead. Give us the courage to love when we don't want to love. To honor when we don't want to honor. To sacrifice when we don't want to sacrifice. To serve when we don't want to serve. and to respond in peace and in love in every situation. And Father, we lift the women up to you today as well. Father, strengthen them in this teaching that they will give the grace and the space needed to bring godly order into the home. And Father, I just pray and believe this morning as that happens in our homes, as that happens in our lives, as that happens in our relationship, and we understand that submitting one to another becomes real in our lives, that you would strengthen these relationships so much that we would become those children of light that the world says, I don't understand. How can you have such a strong marriage? I don't understand I don't understand. And we can say it's because of Jesus. So Father, that is our prayer this morning. Strengthen us to take the next step. Help us to be reminded during this Advent season that you've called us to be children of light to this world. We thank you for all that you're doing in this church and in our lives. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that you address in your word every issue of life, every challenge of life. And I pray, Father, that this word this morning will pierce our hearts and change us into your likeness. And my final prayer is if there's anyone here this morning 
just keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed. If you're here this morning and you have never, you have never said, I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. Maybe you've heard the message, you've heard about what Jesus has done for you, dying on the cross for all of your sins, being raised up from the grave on the third day, defeating death, defeating sin. You say, I can't do this life anymore without Jesus. You say, that's me this morning. Just slip your hand up. That's you this morning. Just slip your hand up and say, I need Jesus in my life. I need to make this decision this morning. I see your hand right there. Thank you. going to ask if, if you raised your hand up, if you'd be so bold just to meet me up here after church. Just meet me up here after church. I want to pray with you. I want to speak life. I want Jesus to radically change your life. Be bold. And if you wanted to raise your hand and you didn't, it's not too late. You can still come up here after church. Father, I thank you for your life-changing power. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I have some prayer leaders that are going to come up with here. They're going to be on the sides here, and they can pray with you. But again, if you raised your hand and said, I need Jesus in my life, I know who you are because I saw you raise your hand, so I want to meet you down here afterwards. But I want to just read this. Read this uh, scripture over you as a benediction. It's from Jude, verse 24 and 25. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. What I taught on this morning, it's not easy. But seek him in this. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy... To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Prayer leaders, come up here. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.